Hello, this is Alex Morales joining you live from Powell, Tennessee, from the Crown College of the Bible. I do hope that you're having a wonderful day today and that the truths that I will share with you from the Word of God that I pray that won't just be good to you, but life-changing. You see, everyone around us is looking for hope. They're looking for truth. They're trying to find something to hold on to. Well, friend, I'm so thankful that you're listening to this podcast today, Looking Unto Jesus, because He is the only place to look to that you will find everything you need in Him. And if you would, please take take the Word of God with me and turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And as you turn there, I'd just like to say this, that in today's world, there are many people who say that they're a prophet, they're an apostle, or they're even, um, we see there's false preachers, false teachers, all these different things. And they say that they love us, they care for us. But friend, if a, if a pastor or a teacher or somebody teaching a Sunday school class or on anything wants to show us that they love us, is by pointing us to our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, because the clearest picture we have of Jesus Christ is the word of God. And we'll see that as we talk about the good shepherd, beginning in John chapter 10, verse number 11. The word of God says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. A hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And you see, we need to understand the context, first of all, uh, before we get into John chapter 10. So if you would, turn back to John chapter 9 with me. And as we look at the context of this, uh, Jesus, he heals this blind man. And the Pharisees, they ridicule him and say, you healed him on a Sabbath day. There's no way that you're God and who you say you are. And we'll begin reading uh, in verse 24 to understand the context of this, of the good shepherd. The word of God says, in verse 24 in chapter 9, Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Oh, I love his response. He, he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? He opened how opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore, would ye hear it again? We also be his disciples. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. And you see, this man, he knew one thing. He knew that he was no longer blind, that he can see, and that a miracle was performed, and he didn't understand it. And eventually, uh, the Jews ask him, who do you think he is? He says, well, I think he's a prophet. Because he didn't fully understand who Jesus was. Until verse 34, the word of God says, They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins. And dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? 
He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And now no, lo- no longer was he blind physically. He was, he was able to see, but now he, he could see spiritually. He was no longer blinded in his sin. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 about how uh, when, when we're lost, that we're blinded by the devil, by the God of this world. And friend, right here, when we, he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, he was saved. And praise God for that. We see this man, his family. Uh, now we, we're going to look at the background of this man. This man was, uh, his family was lost in religion. He was a part of this religion of the Jewish faith. The word of God says in verse 21, but by what means he now seeth, his parents speaking, we know not, or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, said his parents, he is of age, ask him. And friend, they didn't want to admit, they didn't want to say it to the Pharisees because they didn't want to quit their religious practices. They didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. They would not confess that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. And then we move on into chapter 10. And right before chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ said something to the Pharisees that were like, wow. Jesus said unto them, verse 41, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. And you see, you may see physically, but let me tell you something. Jesus is saying you're blind spiritually. You're lost and you're on your way to hell. But here's how you can enter into the kingdom of God. And then he goes down in John chapter 10 and he explains this. But I just like to say to you today, if you're blinded in your sin, if you're trying to get to heaven by your good works, by your religious deeds or um, by other people, I just like to tell you that that's not the way. The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And as Jesus goes down into John chapter 10, he begins with the first part with the parable. And then after that, he explains it. And then it leads on to this. Number one, that Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Well, and then he explains why. Because the Bible says in verse number 11, in John chapter 10, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It's actually really interesting when you study this. And I want you to go and study this for yourself. When you look at John chapter 10, verse 11, I want you to compare with Psalm 22. Because Psalm 22 is a representation of how our shepherd laid down his life for us. The word of God says in Psalm 22, verse 1, To the chief musician upon a jaleth, Shehar, a psalm of David, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? See, Jesus was forsaken on the cross. The Bible says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse number 8, the Bible says, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing 
he delighted in him. Jesus was mocked, despised, and rejected. And as Jesus was on the cross, those people, the Pharisees, they said, why don't you come down if if thou be the son of God? Come down. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him. And friend, he was rejected, despised, and mocked. Verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. Jesus was, the Bible says, was wounded for our transgressions. And friend, when you think about our shepherd, he isn't an ordinary shepherd. He suffered greatly for for me. He suffered greatly for you. You are a lost sheep away from the fold of God, away in the darkness of sin. And friend, he died for you. And I want to tell you that he paid the way. And if you'll repent today, if you'll, if you'll see your sinfulness, seeing God for who he truly is and his holiness and his righteousness, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you'll see your sinfulness and realize you come so short and the only place to look to is no longer yourself and your good deeds, but turning and having placing your faith in Jesus Christ alone to save you from your sin by believing upon his death, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead as the Son of God, then, friend, he will save you. Call upon him now. Ask him. Receive him. Ask him into your heart and believe on him. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Did you notice that phrase, if any man? It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. He said, if any man enter in. Friend, I'd like to tell you today, come to Jesus and be saved. Not only do we see that, but we also see this is that Jesus is our great shepherd. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, The Bible says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, because when we are born again, when we become the children of God, because we are saved, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's your reasonable service to turn to Jesus Christ and to serve him with your life. Because, friend, we cannot serve him and live the Christian life on our own. We need him. See, the way we can be empowered and used of God is not by praying, Lord, give me power. No, that's not what it is. But it's by your daily walk with God and his word and in prayer and not living in sin, but living for God. And you see, we must abide in fellowship, abide in him. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. When we ask, when we live in him, when we live for Christ and and spend fellowship with him. The Bible says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 13 says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
And this part, I want you to look in. I want you to look into Psalm 23. Study it for yourself. See it, because we must understand. Without His guidance, without His presence, Him never forsaking us, friend. It is what we need in our Christian life, especially when we go to the valley of the shadow of death. The Bible says, "For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me." We cannot live the Christian life without our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, because we need Jesus, our great shepherd, if we're going to live a life pleasing to God. And the last thing we see is this, is Jesus is the chief shepherd. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. You see, the Bible says um, that, you see, that he is the chief shepherd, because here's the thing, I just like to say this, that it'll be worth it all, friend. You know, telling and preaching and teaching the truth, we need to continue in that even if it means that we stand alone. I'd like to encourage you to stay faithful, to remember that Jesus Christ is coming again. And when we pass on from this life, remember that Jesus will reward you, preacher, teacher. He will reward you. I just pray that you'll be the under-shepherd that God has ordained you to be. I'm praying the same thing as God is preparing me right now in Bible college as I prepare to be the man of God that he desires me to be. And because I, I think of that because the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 12, the Bible says, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and cared not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And you see the hireling, he's a hired servant. He doesn't really care for the sheep. He's more worried about his, his wages or the things that he can see that are physical. And friend, he doesn't care about the sheep. He has no heart for them. He has no backbone because if he loved the sheep, he'd take a stand against the wolves because the Word of God tells us uh, what are the, who are the wolves. Well, the Word of God says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. The wolves are pictured as false prophets. And we see this not only here in Matthew, but even in Acts chapter 20, verse 29 to 32. The Word of God says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember, that by the space of three years I cease not to warn you, warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And if we're going to be the preachers that God desires us to be, then we don't need to be like the hireling that only cares for the material things, that only cares for the wage, that cares for these things, but friend, to love the flock that God gives us. Because here's the thing, being an under-shepherd, God has called him to himself to study the word of God, to know the word of God and to preach it and stand against false prophets and false doctrines. And not just false doctrine, friend, but even false music, false music that teaches uh, things that aren't even true about the word of God. Friend, we need to stay strong. 
Paul loved them so much that he said that he warned them. He ceased not to warn them night and day with tears. But what about you? Are the wolves among you? Do you really care for the sheep? I just pray and ask God for discernment and pray that we continue to have a heart for the sheep of your flock and what God is doing in your life. Because here's the thing, Timothy, I think about how Paul told him to study the show thyself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But here's the thing, how could Timothy preach the truth if he did not know the truth and study and show himself approved unto God? Because there's two people in the Bible that points out as false witnesses in one chapter in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17 through 18, the word of God says, And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. The word canker in a Thayer's Greek lexicon, it means a gangrene, which means it's a disease by which any part of the body suffering from inflammation becomes so corrupted that unless a remedy, a treatment, be seasonally applied, the evil continually spreads, it attacks other parts, and at last eats away the bones. And if you study what a gangrene is, it's an ulcer, it's a disease, it's an ulcer, it starts eating at the flesh, and as it begins to eat at the flesh, it begins to eat away at the bone, and at the end there's nothing. And I'd just like to t- tell you today, the Word of God says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, And he that is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Friend, the church is the body. If we're not standing for the truth of the Word of God, and false doctrines will eat at the body of the church, and eventually the church will be no more. And I'm sure you've seen so many examples of that, of churches that once stood for the word of God, and now they're no more. And friend, if we're going to be the preachers that God wants us to be, then Christ must be the head of our own lives personally. And he will enable us to stand, to fight, to contend, and impress on in our Christian life, because every single one of us needs to be sanctified and separated to God, looking more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, because Jesus, he's the good shepherd. He saved our soul. He laid down his life for us. And not only that, but Jesus is our great shepherd. He enables us to live the Christian life. And last, Jesus is the chief shepherd. He rewards us in the end. I just wanted to thank you so much for listening on Looking Into Jesus podcast today. I hope that you have a great day. And please continue to pray as God continues to lay on my heart to bring forth the Word of God to continue to see Jesus Christ through His Word.